If you like this podcast, you're going to really like McClanahan Academy. Head over to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll. It's free of charge. You get a free class, 10 Myths of American History. When you do enroll, I've got nearly 20 classes there available for purchase. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll today and get a real history education. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to the Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to the Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to have you back in the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mcclanahanacademy.com. You've already heard about that. You can also click on that support tab at brianmcclanahan.com. Throw a few pennies my way. Click on the shop tab. Get my logo and all kinds of cool stuff. And as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Let people know you're thinking locally and acting locally. Send me those show requests. That's how we keep the show fresh and you involved in the process. I may not respond back to emails, but I do appreciate them. So send them my way. You can, of course, contact me through my webpage. All right, well, let's talk about the topic of the day. And this is actually a listener-generated episode again. So I was sent this link. It's an article in Politico by, uh, well, I don't care who it's by, but it's about John McNaughton. Now, John McNaughton, if you don't know who he is, he's an artist. He's a political artist. And I think the power of art is important. In fact, uh, one of the things I'll say about Michael Malice's book on the new right, and um, I know it's, it's, controver- it's a controversial book, but one of the things he said in there is that, of course, the right does a very bad job with the arts. You look at music, you look at art itself, uh, visual arts, the right generally doesn't have the same kind of appeal to creative people. And, I mean, the left relishes this, right? You go out and you say, well, you've got Lee Greenwood and Kid Rock, but they've got, you know, all these other musicians, most of whom are, I mean, all these people are just worthless to begin with. And then, of course, you look at the actors that the, that the left has compared to the right. These are the things that we've got. We've got these great people. Um, you know, actors... There's a reason why the Romans considered actors to be one of the lowest levels of society. And, and I mean, this is, this is known. Actors play other people their entire life. They're not going to be the pillars of society. Uh, of course, the United States was celebrity culture. We put a lot of emphasis on actors and musicians and athletes. One of the things I'll say about that is, of course, my latest course at McClanahan Academy, 25 People Who Changed America. I do have some of those people in that course because of the emphasis we do put on actors and musicians and uh, athletes. So there are people that do change America, even if it's not necessarily um, for the good, or uh, necessarily should be actors or athletes or musicians changing, changing America. But they're there. We can look at one very prime example on the right, and that's Ronald Reagan. Um, so he was an actor. And he used that to become president of the governor of California, then president of the United States. So it isn't always uh, the left that has these kind of people involved in it, but also the right. And so the visual arts, I love the visual arts. In fact, if you look behind me, there's a painting. It's from a childhood friend of mine. And uh, he's a very, very good artist, landscape artist. And I think the visual arts have, a, an, impor- have an important place 
in American society. And you go back to the 19th century with people like Thomas Nast. And if you don't know who Thomas Nast is, he was a, a, an awful Republican partisan who painted some pretty terrible stuff. But his, um, his artwork showed up in some of the most prominent political journals of the day. In fact, it's Thomas Nast who came up with the idea of Republicans being elephants. I mean, if, if you go back to where that, that comes from, uh, it's Thomas Nast. And Thomas Nast really didn't like the Irish. He painted the Irish as apes. Um, he really didn't like Catholics. He painted them as alligators. Uh, he, he was as partisan as you can get for the Republican Party. And, but that political, those political cartoons were very, very popular. And look, the very first political cartoon in American history was Benjamin Franklin. So the visual arts has a role in persuading people in one direction or another. So John McNaughton rose to fame in 2010. He, he painted a, an image uh, during the Obama administration where Obama was you know, stepping on the Constitution. And I found that image to be interesting, though, of course, historically inaccurate. Um, it wasn't that Obama wasn't stepping on the Constitution. He was. But the way that he divided up the presidents behind him, you see, McNaughton is, and I'm going to read this piece about McNaughton. You get an idea for why he would do that from his background. But McNaughton is uh, a, a simple result of, quote-unquote, conservative education. There are certain presidents, like Abraham Lincoln, who's great. And he did no wrong. Uh, there are certain presidents that you, I mean, these are just great presidents. They saved the Constitution. And of course, in my nine presidents who screwed up America and four who tried to save her, Abraham Lincoln is prominently featured as one of the presidents who shredded the Constitution. Also, you know, George Washington had his own problems. Uh, many of them did, even in the founding generation of John Adams. Uh, but those people are always regarded, I mean, by McNaughton as some good presidents. Look, I'll take Washington over anybody, and I mean, definitely take Washington. For all the things that Washington did incorrect as president, he's still the greatest man in American history, without question. I've got his bus sitting behind me as well. So, I mean, I really like George Washington. Uh, but, you know, as president, there are some problems there. And the presidency itself, the executive branch, is prone to abuse, and it's designed that way. In fact, this is why. You had so many people in the Philadelphia Convention who were opposed to a singular executive and who were opposed to wide-ranging executive powers and why the presidency was a lightning rod when the Constitution went out for ratification by the states. So uh, Americans in general were worried about the future abuse of the executive branch, and rightfully so, because that's what we see today. We have executive government. The Congress punts responsibility to the executive, and then, of course, the executive destroys the Constitution destroys good government in America. So um, this is, it's funny uh, that you have that print, but it was called The Forgotten Man. And of course, um, this was a big deal in 2010. It didn't really do much. You know, Obama wins re-election in 2012, but it certainly was the start of McNaughton's career as a political painter, being a, a big selling political painter. And um, it's no different than you know these old political cartoons. And he makes a lot of money now. Uh, I was at a an art store in uh, in Tennessee, and they've got McNaughton prints all over the place. You know, so selling these prints, and he sells. He tells you in this political piece, he sells a lot. So let me read this little piece. It's not long. 
Um, and it says this, um, it's been 15 months since Donald Trump left office, but the artist who rose to MAGA fame with his realistic portrayals of the 45th president and the movement he leads says he's thriving. John McNaughton is perhaps the most divisive political artist alive. Depending upon your view, he's either a laughing stock of realism or one of the most important truth-tellers to pick up paint and brush. His depictions of Trump have ricocheted across the internet, earning him equal mockery, parts mockery and praise. They've also earned him fans in the top echelons of political and media power. McNaughton says Trump himself tried to buy one of his paintings, it was already purchased by a collector in Texas, and that Sean Hannity had bought between 6 and 10. So it's good to reason that with Trump having left the White House, McNaughton would find himself in lean years. He had, after all, lost his muse. But in a wide-ranging recent interview with Politico, the artist says he's never been busier. He said he sells between 10,000 and 20,000 different prints every year, and his original pieces start at $12,000 and go up to $300,000. Asked how fame has changed his life as a painter, he, he, he was succinct in his reply. I just sell a lot more artwork. So, yeah, I mean, look, people want the visual. And I could, again, I could quibble with the history behind his art, but it is realistic. I mean, this is the thing. It's, um, and, you know, the way that you bring the politics into this is interesting. Uh, and so that's why people find him popular. It's just like, I mean, it's just the reason why people have always found political cartoons or these kind of things interesting because there is a bit of social commentary in it. And good art will always do that. It will always have a bit of social commentary embedded in it to make it good art. Or it's simply going to have uh, something aesthetically pleasing about it. And I wouldn't say that many of McNaughton's paintings are aesthetically pleasing, but certainly there is uh, that, uh, that part of it that makes you think about things. You know, the Forgotten Man, if you think about that particular idea, The Forgotten Man, uh, that came from William Graham Sumner in the late 19th century when you had uh, the progressives taking control of the general government. And uh, Sumner was concerned about the quote-unquote forgotten man, the man that would be pinched between the rich and the poor, the middle-class man who would be simply forgotten by the those that were doling out the spoils and those that were reaping the benefits of, say, corporate welfare. And so this idea of forgotten man is not new, but of course, Sean Hannity, and you bring up Sean Hannity buying his paint, paintings, Sean Hannity made that a key part of his uh, radio talk show. You know, you had the, this is forgotten man radio, all this kind of stuff. And I mean, it was silly because Sean Hannity is as mainstream as you can get. He's mainstream Republican, even though he says he's not a Republican. He's mainstream Republican as you get on so many different things that to say that he's somehow the underground, the conservative underground, like he likes to say, is just ridiculous. It's a joke. The piece continues, McDonald's post-Trump existence is, to a degree, an illustration of how the MAGA movement hasn't receded with Trump out of office, but rather morphed into something just as passionate but less centralized. There's plenty of things to paint about. I've got my next seven or eight paintings planned and probably will do more in between, he said. And not many, not many are Trump at this point, but that could change. McNaughton says a concept for a painting can percolate in his mind for up to a year or more, and that even with Trump at his club in Mar-a-Lago, there is a richness of topics from which to choose. He spends his free time scouring the Drudge Report and Twitter accounts for, uh, of varying political ideologies to stay atop of the news. Now, I mean, again, Twitter has got a lot of problems, and of course Elon Musk buying Twitter is an interesting development. But because Twitter is so left-leaning, if you want stuff to talk about, 
You can go on Twitter and find it. Um, when I was prepping for the class, 25 People Who Changed America, and of course the last lecture in that is Rush Limbaugh, because Rush Limbaugh did change America. One of the things that was mentioned about Limbaugh in various places I was reading was that he spent his, he was always in show prep. Um, and it's something that if you get involved in doing things like this, or if you are interested in various political topics, your life becomes show prep. You're always thinking about, well, how is that interesting? What can I do with that? How can I use that? And um, what McNaughton says next is something that I fully agree with. He says he doesn't watch Fox News often, worrying that admitting as much may get him in trouble with his fan base. I don't watch Fox News at all. At all. I, I, don't, I can't remember the last time I actually watched Fox News. I don't watch Tucker Carlson, even though I watch clips of Tucker Carlson here and there. I don't watch Fox News. I really don't watch many news shows at all. But he watches BBC and Al Jazeera. Well, why? Well, the Brits and the Europeans are much more open about various political viewpoints. And more importantly, I think the best news to get is always from the other side. People, um, it's funny because you get these people saying, well, you don't re read these books. Well, you know what? I've read most of them because the books that I read are not the books that agree with me. I read books that don't agree with me because um, that's more interesting to me, because I like to have stuff to talk about, and I like to pick apart their positions. I watch more news and read more news that doesn't agree with me than I do news that does agree with me. This is something that you do as you get involved in these kind of things, because you want to have something to talk about, and reading the other side is inherently more interesting. So it's always funny when these people think, I don't read this book. or And, and I did this the other day with... with uh, Kevin Levine's book on black confederates. Well, you obviously have read my book. Of course I'd read his book. Um, so I always read the stuff that doesn't agree with me more than the stuff that does. And that might be, I mean, most people won't do that. They're going to they're gonna read stuff that agrees with them because it makes them feel better. And I do read stuff that does agree with me at times. But um, I find the stuff that I don't agree with to be much more interesting because it piques my interest. It keeps me mentally sharp. These are the things that you need to do. So it's an, a bit of advice Read the stuff that doesn't agree with you more than the stuff that does agree with you. It's, it's much more interesting. You'll find now it's frustrating because then you want to you talk about it. But other than that, um, it is something that I find uh, entertaining. So the piece continues. Among the post-presidential paintings that McNaughton has done include a piece called Solitary Confinement that pictures a jailed man head bowed, cast in ankle chains, a red MAGA hat on his head, and the date of the November 2024 presidential election scratched against the wall. The idea of the painting came from when I was talking with conspiracist filmmaker, of course that's in brackets, conspiracist filmmaker Dinesh D'Souza. Now, I'm not a big D'Souza fan. I think he has problems historically. But look at how that was just listed. It wasn't just Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh D'Souza was writing books before he became a filmmaker. And his books were not that good. He's mainstream conservative. Uh, but... Just to say he's conspiracist filmmaker um, is, is there to harm his reputation. He's just a conspiracist. A conspiracist. So McNaughton then becomes an, a conspiracist. Uh, he says, he kind of gave me the idea for the painting, so I painted it. And then, of course, under that, in this particular piece, you have this very famous forgotten man painting, Barack Obama standing on the Constitution, dollars strewn over the ground, the man on a bench, the forgotten man, the middle-class guy. You've got the fountain, you've got Reagan and Washington and Jefferson and Lincoln 
you know, what about this guy to Obama? And of course, uh, James Madison trying to pick up the Constitution. And you've even got George W. Bush uh, thinking that, uh, you know, of course, the forgotten man. Now, he's, he's shaded more to the right, but the people that he has on the right, uh, on, I'm sorry, on the right side of the painting, which we Obama's left, are people like Clinton and Franklin Roosevelt and Teddy Roosevelt. He gets some of this right, Taft and Wilson. But the people, the presidents that he has behind him, many of them should be on that other side, right? Because they were destroying the Constitution as well. Um, so he only has a very small click of presidents that would be the bad guys and uh, a huge number of presidents would be the good guys including Lincoln which is the problem that I have with McNaughton's paintings he just doesn't get it so the piece says McNaughton first became famous in 2010 when he, with his painting of the forgotten man featuring Barack Obama stepping on the constitution and all the former presidents standing behind him in front of the White House he only did his first painting of Donald Trump after he had been elected it was called you're not forgotten and it featured among others police officers, soldiers, and veterans surrounding Trump, wearing his signature red tie. Just like many Republicans a half decade ago, McNaughton wasn't initially a Trump fan. He had originally liked Senator Ted Cruz in the 2016 primary and only grew to appreciate Trump, he said, when he felt he, the then-president got a raw deal from the press and his opponents. I was very cautious in my opinion about him, but over time, a lot of people on the right felt like he was fighting for what we believed, he said. One turning point for McNaughton, 54, Becoming a Trumpist painter was the Mueller investigation, which allowed him to paint Exposed the Truth. The painting showed an angry-looking Trump grabbing former special counsel Robert Mueller by the tie and holding a magnifying glass close to his face. He said that that was the moment when he started to become more of a defender instead of just watching him. As a teenager, McNaughton moved with his family to Provo, Utah, where he still lives. He studied art on a scholarship at BYU and just like many artists trying to survive, he initially went into completely different fields, selling mutual funds and doing financial planning. It was only in his early 30s that he became a landscape and religious painter full-time. I'm probably the most well-known artist to come out of BYU, and that would probably make some angry if they heard that, he said. Under that, you have um, the painting Crossing the Swamp, and I find this painting to be absolutely hilarious because you've got Trump as George Washington holding a lantern, you know, crossing the swamp and the capitals behind it, and you've got some of the figures in this particular boat, you've got you know mainstream Republican figures. Uh, you know John Bolton is on the boat, for example. It's just absolutely hilarious. Uh, but regardless, um, this is what you get when you go with mainstream stuff. And of course, McNaughton knows his audience. He knows that mainstream Republicans will gravitate towards showing these political figures that they know uh, on in this type of environment. While contemporary art is often abstract, McNaughton is heavily realistic, with his figures highly rendered and almost looking a bit stylized, fictional photographs. He said his inspirations are artists like Banksy, Goya, Picasso, and Warhol, but his process is more structured than instinctual. I spend a lot of time conceptualizing what I want the image to be. I look for ideas that might seem a little bit more outrageous on the surface, but yet they have serious undertones, he explained. People don't really go along with my way of thinking. They may laugh and they may get angry. So the artwork really creates a lot of different emotions in people. So it starts with that. And from there, I'll pose models. I'll build it up in stages. And paintings can take anywhere from a week to two months to do. And so I, I like what he said there, where he said that you know people may not like it. They might laugh. They might get angry. And that is the visual art. This is where memes... This is where the right has done a much better job on social media than the left with memes and the visual. The visual is important. 
the audio is important and the visual is important. And so that becomes uh, key to this alternate media. Uh, the visual matters, what people see. And if you can make people laugh, you can make people get angry, you can make people think, that's the important thing and why I really enjoy the visual arts. As a thematic matter, McNaughton says his paintings from a, he paints from a posture of someone not really trusting of authority. He counts himself as a contrarian, both in his paintings and his politics. Among other things, he questions the efficacy of COVID-19 vaccines and is not vaccinated. Argues that the Civil War was not just about slavery, but also states' rights. Well, that is sacrilegious. In fact, this is why the person sent it to me, because that was that, that phrase in there about McNaughton. Uh, McNaughton is, uh, you know, in some ways, as I said, the typical kind of mainstream conservative. But to simply say that is important. Uh, but, of course, that makes him a dunderhead to so many people on the, on the left and mainstreamers. Uh, believes Trump was a real winner in 2020, but said there's no evidence to concretely back him up, and is straddling the fence about which party ha he has sympathies in the Russian invasion of Ukraine. What Putin did in invading a sovereign country is obviously horrible, he explained. I definitely feel for the Ukrainian people. But on the other hand, the West and Ukraine and NATO have been poking the bear for years now. I mean, he's 100% right about that. He's done sketches of both President, uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky and Russian President Putin, but in a reflection of the internal conflict he feels about the war, he had bigger artistic aspirations for the latter. I had an idea for, for a Putin painting where I was going to have him gripping a, a dove with an olive branch in one hand, almost squeezing the death out of it, and then holding a human skull in the other hand. And He has kind of a look that he has a black eye and he's wondering what he wants to do, McNaughton explained. With creative impulses like these, it's no surprise McNaughton has been hit with a torrent of criticism over the years. Stephen Colbert pointed out that on McNaughton's website, you could scroll across one famous painting to find figures called the liberal news reporter, Satan and Mr. Hollywood. Art critic Jerry Saltz called his pieces visually dead as a doornail and typical propaganda art, drop dead obvious in message. This is the beauty of it, right? The elites will worry about uh, the tone of the pieces and is it highbrow enough? This is what they will do. What other people have figured out is if you want to reach people, you gotta, you've got to reach them, and you've got to do it in a way that they can understand things. This is, this is where talk radio became so popular because you had people that would uh, say things that people believed, but they would do it in a way that people could understand it. If you have visual arts that's too highbrow, I mean, abstract paintings are ridiculous. Nobody wants to look at that. Unless you're an art critic or an art collector, and then, of course, it's going to go in some museum somewhere in some private collection, and nobody's going to care. McNaughton is for the masses. This is what political art always should be. It's for the masses. This is where uh, books like mine, popular books, which aren't academic, quote-unquote, though they do have an academic undertone, but they're not written for an academic audience. This is why I want to do that stuff, because if you want to reach people, you got to reach them. And you go to your Barnes & Noble, and you're going to have your popular history books. And there are no university press books sitting up there, typically. You might find a few. But typically, you're not going to find many. They're popular histories. This is what people read. So if you want to reach people, that's what you have to do. And this is where I find it very interesting that and it's the elitist message. This is where McNaughton could just say, well, look, you just proved my point. My paintings appeal to people. Benefiting the era of polarization, Arv McNaughton has also become celebrated and revered on the right. While he doesn't take commissions, he said luminaries in the conservative media world sometimes approach him with ideas, including a producer for Hannity and D'Souza. This January, he said he had a somewhat private conversation with Trump at a fundraiser in Texas. 
He didn't know I was coming at the time, but when I walked into the room and told him who I was, he lit up and he was happy to see me, and we had a good conversation, we called. We talked a lot about the art. And so I, I like this. I want to thank the person who sent it to me uh, because it does allow me to jump off on some of these other things. Visual arts matter, and we should get more involved in those things and um, more popular media. That's important to push our message. All right. I'll see you tomorrow on the Brian McClanahan Show. See you then. <laughs>